0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program has been brought to you by Underground Meats, an American producer of handcrafted salami and cured meats in Madison, Wisconsin. For more information, visit shop.undergroundfoodcollective.org or stop by their butcher shop in Madison, Wisconsin.
2: Good morning. You're listening to In The Drink on heritageradionetwork.org. Um, we are taping at Roberta's Restaurant out in uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn, and I'm your host, Joe Campanelli. Um, uh, besides for for being a host, my daytime job is the uh, beverage director of Del Animo, Lartuzzi, Anfora, and, and La Picho restaurants in downtown Manhattan, and I have a uh, on the show today a... Uh, uh, a, a, a good friend, but also someone who does the same job as I do, but for one of the restaurants that I, I love absolutely the most in all of New York City, um, it 's a colleague of mine, uh, a friend, Pascaline Lepeltier Peltier from Rouge tomat welcome Pascaline
3: hello <laughs>
2: <laughs> i 'm uh, so excited to have Pascaline here, but also so grateful because uh, Pascaline got out of work at one a m and that 's the tough thing about having uh, wine uh, sommeliers and beverage directors on, on this show, and people who work in restaurants in general, um, if you didn't have last night off, you probably got out pretty late.
3: Yeah, like it's, uh, you're gonna have my, my very early morning voice to <laughs> with us. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like finished quite late last night. So it's, um, I think it's a curse and a blessing of wine people, you know, you just leave a little bit, another reason. But at the same time you discover and you leave the city in another way too. So but I'm very blessed today to see Brooklyn in this very early <laughs> early light is it's pretty awesome. So thank you for having me, Joe.
2: Thank you so much for being on the show. So we have uh so like I said, passing from Rushmott. As you can probably tell, it's not just her um Early morning, Brooklyn radio voice, but Pasclin does uh, is is from France. Um, more specifically, grew up in the Loire Valley in France. Um, so I imagine as a kid, you were drinking Vouvray all the time and Sancerre all the time, all the, always all, in the yeah, bottle.
3: I wish. I wish. No, yeah, no, I, uh, I, it's not, you know, it's, it's not really like that, I would say in France, unless your, your, your parents are really into, um, into wine. And my, 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 my mom didn't really drink uh, anything. And my, my father was drinking Côte de Bourg and Côte de Blay. And that's pretty much it. So, uh, um, even growing amongst vineyard, I had to do my, personal education and first uh, went through like you know Absolute and Baileys
2: like I think every
3: young teenager <laughs> and then
2: they have Baileys in the Loire Valley in they France they have
3: Baileys in the no. Valley in France yes and uh, no I discovered wine like little by little more like around 16 17 18 by myself and um, I think it's a lot of the um, so wine as something popular amongst teenagers or like young, like you know teenager because we can drink pretty young in France it's kind of a, it's national habits not to have to wait 21 to, to start to enjoy wine you stop showing off <laughs> we no. stop pretty early <laughs> um but the fact that wine you know is something that is pretty trendy amongst people on in their 20s uh, a little bit earlier i think is something extremely new and mm. e- even in france like 15 years ago and i know i'm not that old but like 15 years ago it was not really the case you know at 16 17 you 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 didn't drink wine like you were drinking beer and booze and so uh like when I really started to get a little bit into wine, I, I was really by myself. You know, my parents didn't really care. My friends were just wanting to have some Malibu and Coco So So, yeah, it was kind of a more personal experience. A person. So you
2: grew up in the Loire, were not that interested in wine, and then something kind of clicked. What, what was it you said, I've been surrounded by these great vines for such a long time. Now I'm very interested in it. How did that happen?
3: You know, I think it was a long, like, kind of a, of a process. Um, you first comes with a taste. Um, your, the taste education is something fundamental, you know, and it's not a given. Uh, you, need to, you need to educate your palate and something for wine, you know, you start to... to and you were right, I was drinking Coteau du Léon and Coteau de Le Bonce and, and Sweet as an Introduction and Bubbles, so you start with something sweet. And um, at that time, I was out, my 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 path was totally different. I was meant to become um, a, a university teacher. You know, I was kind of the the prodigy child, super gifted for philosophy. Can you believe that? And so, uh, like everybody was seeing me already, like teaching and and preaching philosophy at university. So I was doing something totally different. And one of the way for me to escape was to just run and be in the vineyard so I started just like to enjoy spending times just spending times not visiting uh, in the vineyard and and I started little by little to 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 enjoy more and more wine and and uh, thanks to one of my philosophy teachers that was a crazy guy into wine I started to because I wanted I, I was just like it was it was more than a, a mentor for me and and the, the after theory type of class, he started to open bottle of Burgundy and bottle of Champagne. So it was boom. Wow, something was happening right, at that very very moment, and wine took a more and more important place in my life.
2: Was this a, a great conflict in your life for a while? That like, I've spent all this time on philosophy. I have this new love and passion for wine. What am I going to do?
3: No, it was more a solution, you know, like I, at 21, I was like um, finishing my graduation for philosophy and I was like, I'm, 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 I'm really 21 and I'm going to start to teach philosophy, you know, to, to, to people that were like in their 17s. So it was, it was a huge, I, I got a huge crisis. I was like, I just can't do that. It doesn't make any sense. You know, you can't teach something so, so incredibly difficult. Complex when you barely didn't leave anything yourself. You know, how do you want to speak about love and life and work and and death and like everything you want to without having any experience of that? So I decided I was too young. I was way too young to teach or to rethink, or my thought would have been only, you know, delirium, intellectual construction. So the wine came as a solution. I was like, okay, what do I like to do? And oh, I like to be in the restaurant because I was working in a restaurant to make money. You know, during the summer, I like to be in the restaurant. And what do I like in restaurant? Well, I, I like wine. And boom. So wine came as a solution. So no conflict.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. Wine is so- solving the problems.
3: <laughs> solving a lot of problems. You
2: know? <laughs> uh, so do you find that yourself, uh, do you find that you you are more attracted to wines by winemakers who approach it more as a philosophy. I mean I, I can't tell you how much I, I, I love and respect your, your wine list. Um, but do you find that the, the producers that you're attracted to and are the ones who are more who are more thoughtful and, and think of it in the more I don't want to say philosophical terms, but you'll probably correct me on that
3: <laughs> like um I Wine took right away more than um, uh, the meaning of an alcoholic beverage, you know. Right away, wine came up to me as something so much more cultural and sociological and like geological, everything. Like wine came up as something incredibly meaningful. And we were just, before the show, talking about like the, the 1937, you know, that really like changed my life. I, I that day I like I drank this this very old bottle of Ecam that I was very lucky to taste and I was like that day I not only the wine was incredible, not only I was able to share this wine with very, very dear people of, of friends of mine and we just had this moment all together and that meant already a lot of things about wine. But I was drinking something from nineteen thirty seven like previous World War Two, in in a totally different time in Area. And that that Yeah, I was like, wine is maybe the only thing that is able to do that, to connect m- me right now with my, my dearest friend around me and to connect me with something that was years ago and to give me this incredible pleasure right away. And so that combined with the fact that I learned more technical facts with people working at a smaller scale, People working their vineyard, spending their morning and their nights working their vineyard, working yes a lot in an organic and biodynamic way, and I have a lot of reflection about how to grow plants and how to preserve the nature that we are working with. All that combined made me feel like there is one way I want to, one way. There is one big way I want to enjoy wine is with and for these people that are trying to 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 give and to create a, a, a beverage that is able to transmit a man, a place, a time, a history, and to make that simple and enjoyable by everybody.
2: Now, you're a big advocate for these organic and biodynamic wines. It's also something that I'm quite interested in. Um, but what what first got you interested in them? Is this from the beginning? You know, Loire Valley is really one of the the hubs for organic wine in the world where they have some of the, the greatest producers but also a large concentration of producers who are making wine in that style.
3: Yeah, no, like right away I... I, I, I The first time I pruned and the first time I did harvest was, was with where was these people. So right away I really thought... I I just thought it was the, the only way, you know. And then I discovered there was a bunch of other way but uh, the taste that I had and, and the, the juice... The growing of the plants. You know, my my mom used to teach. Uh, she had a PhD in in biology and in horticulture, so she used to 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 teach about plants. And so, I remember visiting vineyard with her and seeing what was happening in in worked organically worked growing area versus sustain like even conventional sustainable vineyard. And like it was day nights. You know, it was a no-brainer. You are like, okay, the, I I don't want to drink anything coming from that that vineyard. So let's Let's try to 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 enjoy and to understand why this vineyard is like is so much it's just more beautiful, peaceful, like and just balance. You could see that there is a whole balance between the the whole environment. So there is it was a no-brainer right away just because mm-hmm. I I was able to see them side by side and to drink the wine side by side.
2: Now we can't go and visit every single wine that's on the list, especially when you have such an incredible and, uh, and vast list the way that you guys have it at Rouge Tomat. Um, how can you be sure, how can you be sure that the wines are made in this, the manner that you want? Do you feel like we can trust our distributors to, to say that? Um, or do you, do you really have to go through and, and know the, the producer themselves, meet them when they come in, ask them some tougher questions about how they're, how they're making their wine?
3: Uh, it's it's a, you know it's a, it's a great question. Of course, we can't travel uh, everywhere. Uh, I'm sure we wish to do it. I wish, we could, I wish we could do that, but we can't. Yes, yeah, there is always there is a question of trust. You know, trust, trust, uh, trust your distributor. Yeah, of course, these people, they you can't travel, they can, and we are extremely lucky in New York to have amazing people that are doing an incredible job in terms of sourcing and and promoting and selling uh small growers and yes i i i start after four years i start to be able to I, I trust some of them with no doubt yes meeting the winemaker every time they're in town yes this is and and you want to see the face behind the label you want to be able not, not only to, to ask technical question but just like to 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 speak with a person and you 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 know that you know you meet somebody randomly and the first time and you have a feeling you know it's Okay, I can trust. I can, there, is, there is something good. And yes, after you can ask more, more specific question about how do you farm and what you do and what you do for your wine. But um, this is secondary, I would say. And then you need to trust your palate. After a while, you, you start like, how many wines do you taste? We, do we taste a year? Mm-hmm. Thousands of wine, I would say. So yeah. at one point, we start, to, we start to have a little idea. And then you do research. And then, yes, you plan a trip. Because at the end, the only way I think to understand is really to be able to travel and to visit and take it on your personal time and yeah, buy a, buy a, buy a ticket and spend a week. I know we can't do that on a, on a daily basis, but this is this is the reason why I do this job.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and I'd say that uh, if you guys go into a, a restaurant, you should. And you have the opportunity to talk to a small your beverage director. See if, if they have gone to any of the regions or, or met the people. Because I've, I've personally found that sometimes I'll taste a wine and I've met the producer or heard, read about the wine and I get really excited about it. And then I'm like, oh, I just hope I like this wine so, so, so much. And then when, when I taste it, it it doesn't come together for me even though I'm really hoping to like it and then conversely sometimes our wines that I taste and they're great and then I meet the producer and I'm like oh yeah that, you're like that huh <laughs>
3: yeah it's very strange no you know like a, a good example was uh, recently I was um, I was tasting the wine of dark niport for a while and um I was a little bit not I was I think they were amazing but not they were great sorry but not amazing great wine and And I knew a little bit that Niport's a huge character, it's a huge personality, and I I was like, okay, but no, I'm not, I don't really think I'll get the wine. And then I went to to Portugal, and I went to the Douro, and I visited the vineyard, and we spent the whole day, and I spent part of the late night harvest, like in in September, and I tried the wine on barrel with age, and and I was like, wow, there is something going on. Like, really to, to see, and change my mind, And know I have the dry red charmnipot on the list, yeah, because now the that's sometimes you just don't get it right away yeah you, we are learning, I am learning mm. I'm only like seven years in this business into you know? <laughs> like i'm i'm'm a, I'm a, I'm a young kid in this in this wine world, so I'm learning
2: all right I'm going to ask you a little bit more about your your learning and education process when we come back um and, but first, we're going to take just a short break, and this is in the drink on Heritage Radio Network.org. You're listening to Lacksadaisical on the Heritage Radio Network.org.
1: Underground Meats is an American producer of handcrafted salami and cured meats in Madison, Wisconsin. They use small farms from southwest Wisconsin to source their meat. The animals are raised on pasture for their entire lives by farmers who care about animal welfare. While Underground Meats uses European traditions, they also use ingredients from the upper Midwest to try to create new types of salamis, experimenting with both ingredients and techniques. The salamis are made using heritage breeds, mostly Red Waddles, Tamworths, Berkshires, and Mule Foots. Try their award-winning cured pork shoulder and goat salami. To learn more and purchase products, visit shop.undergroundfoodcollective.org or stop by their butcher shop in Madison,
2: Wisconsin. And we're back on In the Drink here on Radio Network.org. I'm Joe Campanelli, and I'm here with Pascaline LaPeltier, the beverage director of Rouge Tomat. Um, if it didn't come across from the first half, I, I'm just such a fan of, of Pascaline and, and the, the wine list and beverage program that she's put together over at Rouge Tamat. Um, I think it's one of the most interesting and exciting wine lists in the city. And I think that uh, daring in some ways to uh, put a list together like that in, in the location uh, that you're located on the, uh, the the first parts of the Upper East Side.
3: Yeah, first thanks for the compliment. (laughs) It's 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 a lot. I don't know, like you know, we try to do our our best over there. So um, and yeah, um, you know, things like didn't happen right away. Like what you see now is what not what we had three and a a half years ago. Um, You know the location, the guests. um, I can see that at the beginning was. I was more like, well, uh, I am in this very, very specific neighborhood and they never heard about natural wine. And uh, none of the rep from Dresner never went at that level of the city, you know. <laughs> it was like a non- 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 non-natural non, wine zone. And instead of like thinking, well, I need to just give them what they want because we are a business and we need these guests and we need to make money, little by little, I realized that you know, they just want good wine. They just want good wine. And my, my job is to find good wine. And my job is to find good wine at a good price. And to find a good wine at a good price to make this business work. And happens, I think, a lot of good wines are organic and biodynamic and natural wines. So it just took a little bit of time. It took a lot of time on the floor. And it still take me a lot of time on the floor. And I love that, to really understand what the guests want. And you realize that the guests are much more open-minded that you can't think they are, it's, there is no caricature. You know, you, you can't say, okay, it's because I'm on the Upper East Side that they're gonna drink Jordan over all the day. No, no, it's not the case. So, um, so yeah, it took, um, I, I started to put little by little this type of wine. Um, and the first time I remember I put a Chardonnay by the glass from California Organic, that was not a big name, but I thought it was very, very well-balanced. And I realized that he was sitting like crazy. I was like, I was scared for nothing. <laughs> I was scared for nothing. So um, so now it's it's very awesome. We have such a diverse clientele. Uh, we are a big place. So every table is different at night when we do 200 covers. Where it's mm-hmm. Every table is different. And I, I, I hope we start to become... A destination for the food and the wine. We are like the food is also so specific. You know, the fact we are working with this nutritionist and we are a, a, a farm-to-table restaurant and a grain restaurant at the same time in this neighborhood is something unique. So, you you don't come to to Roush tomat anymore to have Belgian food or or fries. Or you come because there is something going on and you are curious and so you are open-minded. And if you're put money for food.
2: You're right. The food is so special. It's uh it's so fresh and so so fresh and so clean. <laughs> but yeah. I have I've really feasted and overeaten multiple times Rouge Tamat, but have not felt uh, sick in any way, you know, that that kind of when you've eaten too much but it's not been good for you kind of food. Eating too much.
3: Yeah, you know, it's the idea. Like we, um, the idea is like you can have an healthy, nutritional, balanced food with a level of gastronomy that is pretty high. Like uh, without being a diet type of hospital, clinical type of dishes. You know, so you can indulge yourself over there because we, the nutritionists or chef, are, are working behind the scene to put together these dishes where there is no. No bad nutrients, no empty nutrients. So, but you don't know it. You know, it's like my work with the wine. I want you to come. I want you to have a wine with very, very low additives. And I don't want you to be hangover the day after or to feel like you are burn-bearing because the wine has been acidified and, like, obviously it doesn't work very well with your stomach. So it's the same thing with the wine or something with a cocktail. And so we do all this job and we just want you to come and to have a blast. We don't want you to come to think, oh, my God, this is green and it's organic and this is natural. You come, we take care of you, and there is something happening. Yeah, you
2: don't it, it, once you once you enter, it doesn't. You forget that it's it's you know actually very healthy food. Uh, it just feels like a like a, a fine dining restaurant that happens to have an amazing wine list and is a fun and comfortable place to. Uh, that's the other thing; it's kind of more fun and comfortable than most Upper East Side fine dining restaurants. So I I'm I'm really a fan. So on top of uh, running this, this huge beverage program and working with the nutritionists there to find wines that are appropriate for the food and me dragging you out to Brooklyn at, at the crazy hours that. of the morning. Um, you're also studying for your Master's Mali exam.
3: Yeah. I, I hope to be next year. On, um, uh, I hope to be able to sit next year for the Master's Diploma.
2: So what, what is your, your week like of studying and how do you have time to do this?
3: It's tough. Like I just took a break. I was in France for a competition like three weeks ago, so I decided to to do a, a month of break and and uh, and uh, just to give myself a bit of time. Um, like when you are in this type of program, um, it's it's almost day and night. You know, you are at work, you are thinking about the diploma. You are thinking you're approaching the table. You are thinking how. You have to, to, to handle your service for that. Every time you open a bottle of wine, you are thinking, okay, I'm opening right now this bottle of Chambol Musigny, Premier Cru, Les Uh Where is Les My God, who is doing Les Faislots? What are the best vintage for, for this brandy in the last, over the last 20 years? And then it's, it's as soon as you have a break. It's, it's, uh, it's flashcard and things like that. But, you know, I, I just want to say about all this exam and um, I know that people are far against. It's like, don't understand. It's a very like once you get them, you leave the floor. Blah, blah. I think they're like for me, I see the master's an amazing opportunity to give me the chance to study things I would have never studied otherwise because I would have been like driven by tasting a lot of Shiraz from Australia because it's not what I really like. And. I just think that right now people sometimes tend to forget about keeping a curiosity for everything. It's very easy just to go in natural wine, you know, and say, this is only natural wine, and you forget the rest. But I really believe you understand only why there is great natural wine if you get the rest. Uh, I I love Cote because I also am able to taste Syrah from the rest of the world, and and I'm discovering pretty good thing. And so the MS is like that. And the MS, is, I think it's... The, the right way to take it is to to understand it's going to be a tool to make you better at your job tomorrow. It's not when you're going to have the pin or the day you become, I don't know, best familiar of anything. Okay, these days are awesome in your life. But the day after, you are back on your daily job and you are back with your staff and you are just somebody with a little bit more knowledge and experience that you understood, that you make your own. Master, uh, mastering is about making something your own for me, and it mm-hmm. takes time. It takes a lot of time. So, yes, you have all this theory that you need to know by heart, but it doesn't make any sense if you are not able to give it back to somebody because you understood it. And this is where like, I am in this process right now. So
2: as soon as you get the, uh, the MS, you're not leaving the floor and starting Pascaline's Stan yeah. Island Vineyard?
3: Uh, no <laughs> not yet one day one day yes I will have a uh, a public I will have a, a vineyard and I will make Chenin Blanc uh, but not yet no not no yet. not yet I have way too much I'm such a lucky girl to work here in New York to meet you guys like being in New York as a French sommelier coming from from my country whereas we are still super narrow-minded is just incredible this city for wine is incredible the wine community is amazing there is just pure emulation amongst us just to to not only to become better professional but to have the luck to make people discover more and more wine this is New York is just incredible for okay. that
2: it have yeah uh, have you seen the movie yet there's a movie that I'm like dying to see about the whole Somalia competition
3: no I I think I will see it after after it if after. The, the day' yeah. <laughs> the day I, I pass otherwise it's gonna... It's,
2: it's it's intense i, I mean but i've seen clips and i know quite a few people who are who are in the program it's just a, a high level of uh tense and uh, y- you spend so much time working on it um that i know that that people put a lot of stress and pressure on themselves to they feel they have to they have to pass it
3: you know at dna we we do that for pleasure hey. yeah <laughs> you love wine i love wine uh it's not the end of the world huh? you are not ms the world is not going to stop. Uh, I'm not MS, so it's going to take me 15 years. Okay, a lot of money, a lot of weekend. Maybe I'm not ready. That's it. Um, it's not the end of the world. I think if you forget the notion of pleasure, you, you can't work. You can't work in restaurants. You can't become an MS. You can't do that because it's just gonna. it's just so hard. You know, it's just so many hours, so many... So many so many things to know so
2: that 's such a good point and i mean i think that 's what drives a lot of people to go into the the m s program and to do other certifications is that it's a it 's a profession that we choose because it 's one that 's based on passion and it 's based on uh, sometimes life encompassing but but it's it 's because in our, in our free time, what we want to do is is learn more and get better and and be surrounded by by wine and uh, people who are interested in the subject and it's not like most other professions where when you leave work, you are checked out and you leave work.
3: Yeah, no, I think it would be very boring, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. be able to do that. You know, I think right now um, to leave and to do the job that you are passionate about is still very rare um, and so it's a blessing every day. It's not it's not easy, but it's a blessing, as you said, to be able to, to do what you want.
2: During your studies uh, and your your wine tastings, has there been anything that you were completely surprised about, something that you're like, oh, I am not looking forward to this day when we're going to taste all of the Malbecs or whatever it was, and then you're like, oh, that was surprising. I actually like those way more than I thought I would. Or do you try to keep it purely educational and try to take the the pleasure and the like factor out of it?
3: No, I I, I, I can't really, you know, um... Like right now I'm 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 part of this uh, Australian program because I don't know very well Australia and I have this these ideas, these prejudices about Australia and in fact I'm I'm pretty impressed by some wine, you know, like I would have just liked to be you known this is just like mass product, wine overripe and totally manipulated and you now there is some amazing great wine. So uh Um, and makes me happy, you know. I like to be wrong. (laughs) I like to be wrong because it makes me think that I have so much more to learn and to discover. It would be so boring to be right right now. Like, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because then
2: (laughs) then your learning is over with. Yeah, yeah. learning is over.
3: So, uh, no, it's like, uh, no, it's um, the, 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 the amazement needs to be here every day. Although it doesn't, it's not very funny.
2: Yes and if uh, if any of you want to be amazed, go to Rouge Tomat and drink wine thank you so much for for coming on in the drink i I really appreciate it and i'll definitely uh I'll definitely be conv- coming to visit you soon
3: yeah and I, I i i hope and uh i will you will see me again at your place because, like I'm not sure everybody tells you, but I'm a huge fan of you. And- yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's too nice.
2: All right. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in every Wednesday at 10 o'clock for In the Drink on heritageradionetwork.org.